Welcome to Buddha at the Gas Pump. My name is Rick Archer. Buddha at the Gas Pump is an ongoing series of interviews with awake or awakening people. If you'd like more information or to explore the archive of previous shows, please go to batgap.com. I'm honored and blessed to have as my guest today, Ama Sri Karunamayi. Several people have asked me which Ama I'll be interviewing, as there are several well-known Indian saints who are called Ama, but Ama just means mother in India. So there are hundreds of millions of Amas, in India at least, but they can all count on their children on their fingers. Ama Sri Karunamayi is an embodiment of the Divine Mother, and as such, numbers her children in the billions, if not trillions. And she loves them in infinite measure. My wife and I have been to see her a number of times when she came to Iowa and Illinois, and the love she radiates saturates the atmosphere and profoundly uplifts everyone present. So it's, it's a great joy and honor for me to have her on the show. Thank you for doing this, Ama. Love you so much, son. Thank you so much. Thank you. There are so many things we could cover, and in this interview I hope to cover things that will be of interest both to people who've never seen Sri Karunamayi before, and also to long-time devotees of hers. Um, we'll touch upon some aspects of her earlier life. We'll explore a little bit what her current activities are, her, her humanitarian activities. We'll talk a bit about the value of service and devotion. We will talk about a uh, Mahayagya that she is organizing this summer, and we'll explain what that's all about. And uh, if we have time towards the end, I'd like to ask Amma's commentary on a couple of quotes, one from the Gita and one from the Chandogya Upanishad. So, to start with, everyone listening to this show has heard of Ramana Maharshi, and your parents, perhaps your mother in particular, were devotees of Ramana. Your mother visited Ramana Maharshi shortly before he passed away, and he told her that she would give birth to the mother of the universe. At least that's what it says in your biography. So, since it says that in your biography, I, I guess I have to ask, are you an embodiment of the mother of the universe? And please explain what the mother of the universe is. How can you understand, son? <laughs> well, if you explain, maybe I'll, I'll make an attempt. Mother of universe is just love, compassion, kindness, forgiveness. That is the love. Today, our world is suffering so much with uncompassion and there is no kindness in the world. I think you know United Nations, United States, 70% girls are undergoing very, very bad abusings, very worst abusings. This was the database collected by people. So, so many challenges in the society. Spirituality Divinity is only the uh, solution for the healing hearts and the um, for the wounded hearts. This healing is very important, so that's why I have to be with my kids in the world. Are there many avatars in the world at the same time, or is it fairly rare, or is it becoming more common in this day and age for embodiments of divinity to be born on earth? It is not common. So, to uplift the society is not an easy job. Uh, so, that's why some, not 
so many. Would it be possible for the Divine Mother to take birth simultaneously in several different incarnations? So could there be two or three incarnations on earth of the Divine Mother just expressing in different ways? You have to ask other questions, not this incarnation question. Pa pardon? Next question, please, Rick. Okay. I'm just curious. Um, <laughs> as a child, all sorts of interesting things happened in association with your birth and uh, after you were born at various very young ages. People can read your biography to, to see all sorts of details. But you showed very profound spiritual inclinations even as a, a very young child. Before long, you were spending long periods of time in meditation. As you grew older, it extended sometimes into days and even weeks in seclusion, in deep meditation, even without taking any food. Uh, and then ultimately, you, you spent 11 or 12 years in the forest, subsisting, I, I believe, on very little food and engaging in very long meditations. So what was the purpose of all this inner meditation? What, what sort of inner transformations were taking place in you, perhaps in preparation for what you're doing now? Actually, I know who I am. Before my birth, I know who I am. So, no necessary to do any sadhana for myself. But, but I just, I was in myself. Being in our self is, Jesus did tapas. Not for himself. All the austerities for the universal peace sake only. So, if any holy persons meditated, that vibrations are traveling all over the world, gives immense peace, immense joy. Immediately, holy persons are connected with the meditators, deep meditators. So that's why uh, so we did tapas meditation. It's not for our upliftment, mm -hmm. for universal benefit. So there was nothing you needed to gain from all that meditating. It was primarily to radiate an influence to the world. Yes. And now, obviously, you're in a much more active phase, traveling all over the U.S. and uh, Europe, Canada, Asia, Australia, India, engaged in all kinds of activities. So is this in an effort to sort of multiply the effect rather than you just sitting in a forest if you have an influence on thousands and thousands of people around the world, then you can, then through them, you can have an, an even greater effect? Actually, both are same. So if the physical presence is more influence on the people, like anything, people need love, compassion, direct communication. So we can do that, but people need receptors in themselves. So only meditators can understand the higher levels of the consciousness. Not all the regular people. People need more love, more compassion, more physical communication. So in other words, people need something. They need your physical presence. They, they need interaction. It's too abstract to just try on their own without the blessings of, of someone like yourself. Is that what you're saying? Say, so, love, love. Not like a blessing, no? Love, responsibility. Love. Mm -hmm. Responsibility. Love is a responsibility for the world. So world need so much. World need so much love and compassion today, because lot of people are standing in the world with the wounded hearts. 
and unrest and commotion. The nature of Kali Yuga is too much worldliness. So many worldly things are diverting people from the truth. So some inspiration uh, people need in their life. So when they have the communication with the spiritual things, immediately the diversion comes and they travel in the path of truth uh, with the inspiration of seeing the spiritual people more. I know that when we've been to see you, there are a number of different aspects to the program and, and the whole thing is very uplifting. But the sweetest part, I think, is when people go up for individual darshan. At least when I was going, you, you, you would stroke their forehead in a very loving way. It had a very profound effect, you know, just one could feel oneself infused with peace and love and divinity. I wonder if you could explain the mechanics of that. Is there a transmission taking place or is it more like one log is burning brightly and the other log is not burning so brightly and the, the bright log gets the other log burning more brightly just by proximity? <laughs> a spiritual people body is not a regular human body. Their body is more subtle, more subtle. Subtle energy is working there, not the body, mind, intellect. People are working with the subtle body. With the subtle body, subtle energy is touching them. So then, so much unrest in their brain, mind, commotion, day-to-day -day life challenges. It was a dispels from their mind. They will get a lot of mental peace, rest. And um, so they need love also. A lot of children in the world miss their mothers. And um, so children are working so hard. They need some true love from the spiritual divine person. So that's why individual blessings is not lay, just not touching something like that. It is touching the Agnya Chakra, Sahasrara Chakra, the two chakras, awakening the energy centers and more peace and joy transform in their body through the subtle body that is called Turiya body. That was my experience with you, always was. So when, when you interact with someone like that, giving darshan, or when you see a group of people that you're, that you're meeting with, how would your perception of them differ from that of an ordinary person? In other words, when you see a person, do you somehow see their whole makeup, not only the gross, but all the, the, level, the subtle levels of their makeup? We are not seeing the shells of human life. Uh -huh. We are seeing the subtle things inside. Subtlest. So subtle bodies, damaged, mm. or bright. Mm -hmm. We want to make it bright, that's it. Huh. Not seeing the external things. We are seeing the pole inside, not the shell. Not the shell. Right. Of course, shells are there. People need more support, individual support, mental support, love support. People is burning problems. You never imagine what kind of problems are in the society. People don't know that. But two decades onwards, I was traveling physically in the world, touching so many people and 
directly listening their stories and it was unbelievable nobody never imagine even it was not in the newspapers not in the tv channels not in anywhere but directly human touch gives you more more and more world need more spirituality today mm. that is the healing for the burning challenges pains in the world in the case of you know someone like yourself it's obviously not just a physical touch like you say you're seeing the damage in the subtle body so i presume that you're actually repairing the damage in the subtle body as you as you interact with people is that correct there's some kind of realignment taking place in the person yes it is a very uplifting experience again these days a lot of people around the world are experiencing spiritual awakenings to one degree or another i talk to them every week and i we receive reports from people sometimes it's people who have been keenly interested in spirituality and have been doing spiritual practices for for some time and other times it's people who haven't really even given a thought to spirituality and all of a sudden things start happening to them their lives start to blossom and they begin searching for reasons or, or for explanations of what they're experiencing so I guess my first question here is do you see a kind of a, a shift taking place in the world in which there's a, a springtime or an awakening of spirituality that's taking place all over the place all over the world right now so much awakening is taking place in our world lot of spiritual blossoming i was seeing all these years in the world lot of people need the rest only in spirituality not in regular things so i was seeing so much uh, spiritual blossoming in our world hmm. there's that verse in the gita when when dharma is in decay and a dharma flourishes i take birth you know so it would almost seem that we've reached a low point that threatens the very existence of our continued life on earth and god is responding with us with a spiritual blossoming you're speaking about bhagavad gita yeah 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 that is uh, whenever the adharma comes more and more and dharma goes down then god have to come descended and uplift the society mm-hmm. not only that there's so many spiritual seekers also seeking for their love uh, so they're waiting innumerable lifetimes so for the communication with the divine souls that not only this uh, reason not only the adharma or unrighteous values of course this is a part but there are so many reasons that this is mother of this calling and uh, so all the panchabhutas are expecting innumerable mountains What? trees and animals reptiles nature everybody is expecting god's presence in the world not only the human beings so much so much seeking in the world so that's why the divinity just took um, a small form and comfort the the nature it's like you know one word i can say this no going room to room not continent to continent sanatan dharma mentioned so it is a th- total world is a one family mm. not even organization not like even office not like anything like that 
వసుధైక కుటుంబం వన్ ఫ్యామిలీ వన్ ఫ్యామిలీ వన్ ఫ్యామిలీ ఈజ్ నాట్ ఓన్లీ ద హ్యూమన్ రైస్ ద బర్డ్స్ కింగ్డమ్ యానిమల్స్ కింగ్డమ్ ది మౌంటైన్స్ ట్రీస్ ఎవ్రీథింగ్ ఈజ్ ఇంక్లూడెడ్ దేర్ వేర్ ఎవర్ దేర్ ఈస్ క్రియేషన్ ద టోటల్ క్రియేషన్ ఈజ్ సీకింగ్ ఫర్ గాడ్స్ గ్రేస్ అండ్ డివినిటీ గ్రేస్ సో దట్స్ వై గాడ్ హ్యావ్ టు బ్లస్ ద వర్డ్ అండ్ టు అప్లిప్ ఫ్రమ్ యానిమల్ బాడీ టు అదర్ బాడీ బర్డ్స్ బాడీ టు అదర్ బాడీ సో సో మెనీ థింగ్స్ ఆర్ దేర్ యూ కెనాట్ అండర్స్టాండ్ దట్ Yeah, Jesus said, uh, whatsoever you do unto the least of these, you do unto me, you know, and so that would, as you say, include the birds and the reptiles and everything. Yes. Some people are kind of optimi- pessimistic and even depressed because it seems like we're destroying our environment and global warming and all, so many problems, any one of which could eradicate the human race and, and, and yet we have many of them. yet generally people who have that perspective are not aware that there is some sort of spiritual renaissance taking place from your perspective are you optimistic do you do you see a bright future for humanity the way things are going or could it go either way even even now this world is not uh, created by the negative people this world is created by god there is always hope God is always taking care of this world like anything. So people cannot understand that. They think, I am going to do some disaster for people. I, I will do this planning, that planning. All the negative people are controlled, already controlled, no? You know so many stories. I need not mention their specifically their names. But so much negative was controlled. Not of peace already in our world. The problems are drug addiction problems in the society. and uh, human race is suffering with a lot of cancer problems aids problems and uh, mainly depression 70 80% people in our country in our world suffering with the depression depression is nothing but unsuccess of the mind so when you meditate mind is disappeared and intellectual blossoming uh, going to take you towards the higher levels of the consciousness people attain total bliss and peace so medication is only spirituality and truth only so slowly people will understand maturity need so we cannot uh, bring the small baby bird tomorrow to blossom like a flower it took time for the people it takes some time for all of these things no so that's why the native people cannot work constantly in the world so god is taking care of all those things like anything everything is definitely controlled negativity is definitely controlled hmm. it's never going to be continue like that that's good to hear sometimes it seems that the the negative forces are very powerful and you know economic forces and various other things the governmental forces they really seem to have so much control and people wonder well what effect can i have but i think what you're saying is that obviously god is much more powerful than those <laughs> <laughs> is it not yeah Yeah, no how much power powerful governments and everything god is more powerful than anything in the world on the note again of people having awakenings which seems to be happening more and more in the world i've i've noticed that a lot of the awakenings initially are kind of don't have a lot of heart they tend to be a little bit 
out, up and out, transcendental. You hear people running around saying things like, well, I am not a person and the world is an illusion and so on. And there's, there's not a lot of compassion or love or anything like that blossoming in people. Do you, do you see that as a stage and that perhaps a more mature level of spiritual awakening would, would begin to involve devotion and compassion and service and those more heart-oriented qualities? This is a tricky question, but um, I have to give this. How much world uh, is people have confusions and people never believe God and people believe God and sometimes people are in highest consciousness and they don't like... People today miss the human touch, first thing. When you miss the human touch, sometimes people are not talking with the people around them in the home. When you are more spiritual, your heart is completely with the divinity, love, wisdom, purity, always uh, kindness, divine attributes are blossomed like anything. You are nothing but a bliss only there. And uh, your kindness, your forgiveness is like anything. So then, whatever you are seeing, it doesn't matter. Not only the human beings, animals, trees, plants, birds, anything, you are able to see only the divinity behind that. Divinity behind things, that is the destination of the spirituality. So, uh, when people attain this kind of highest state, like Buddha, Jesus, anybody, you know, they comes down, absolutely down to the human level, and they want to share their love to all the living beings. It doesn't matter whoever they may be, living beings, any, any living being. So, animals need our love, no? We have to protect all the animals, international property. <laughs> we have to protect the rivers. Rivers are shivering to see the mankind because they're using lot of chemicals and fertilizers on the Mother Earth. When rain comes and all the rivers are getting all this pollution and oceans are shivering by seeing this uh, pollution. So, we have to be kind towards nature. Mm. Spirituality is only the remedy to bring that uh, kindness and more compassion. So, whenever people are spiritual in any faith, it doesn't matter. Whatever they believe, God is oneness only. It doesn't matter. They have to have their own wisdom in their spiritual practices, in bhakti, knowledge, meditation path or anything, it doesn't matter, any faith also. But what people need is inner beauty, purity, more kindness towards other people. Uh, let their words must be kind words, not unkind words. A lot of spiritual people are speaking unkind words, what it is? They have to speak kind words, compassionate words. So that is, uh, that's why in the Vedas, Jihvami uh, Madhumattama speaks sweeter words, like nectarine words. Mm. Yeah, I think a, a key thing in what you just said is seeing the divinity in things, because obviously it would seem to me that if you, if you can see the divinity in things, then you're going to naturally be kind. You wouldn't intentionally harm God. <laughs> if you see God in the cat or in the river or in the trees or whatever, then you're going to treat those things with the utmost respect. Yes. 
couple of questions just came in. You're, you know, we're live streaming, and, and so um, questions may come in as we're speaking. We were uh, talking earlier about the idea of an avatar, and you know, the stories with Krishna and Rama and, and others where people weren't able to recognize them for who they were and actually hated them and fought against them and opposed them and so on. So someone sent in a question saying, you know, what is it that makes a person incapable of recognizing an avatar on earth? What is stopping one from knowing that? And how to make our mind and heart such that we can appreciate Ama or any divine incarnation? It is not necessary for recognition for the holy persons, the divine persons. They never expect the human being's recognition. They want to do what the purpose of their life. So, what, why they descended to the world and what the purpose of their life, they know that there's very short time they're going to be in the world, very short time sometimes. So, the short time of the life, they decided what to do, whom to call towards them, and what time, everything is designed. Everything designed. They are not expecting human respects, or if you respect them, both are same. So, like in you read by Bhagavad Gita, no, the respect and disrespect are same for them. They are not in the level of the uh, taking your respect or your disrespects. You know, not in that mental level. They are beyond all these levels. They never. Their focusing is not on these things. Their focusing is on that all the time to help the world, to give peace to the world, to support the world, to heal the world, to give wisdom to all the hearts, to uplift the people who is really seeking this support from them. That is their focusing. They never mind who is praising them, who is rejecting them, not all those things. Now that's from the perspective of the Divine Incarnation, but from the perspective of the people who encounter them, I would rather have been Arjuna than Duryodhana. I would want to be a person who can appreciate such beings when they, when they come around and, and not totally misunderstand them and miss that opportunity. So I guess the questioner was asking, what can we do to better appreciate people such as yourself and, you know, in order to derive the blessings that such appreciation would, would bring? <laughs> Krishna is not a human like divinity, he is absolute. No? So, even Arjuna, Duryodhana cannot measure the depth of the divinity. They have not that measurements in their hand. You can measure the ocean's depth. You can measure how many stars there and all those things. But the enveloping the entire cosmos, the absolute, the divinity is a measureless, timeless, absolute benediction beyond words. Words are not adequate to explain those uh, divine truth and eternal peace and bliss uh, externally. So it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> Here's a couple of questions somebody sent in, maybe two people. I struggle to feel love, someone said. I've discovered that I can feel it very strongly when meditating or on the brink of sleep, but hardly at all when I'm awake. How can I stop blocking my ability to feel it? More meditation they need. So, the, because in front of the heart, the innumerable eyeness curtains are there. Hmm. The eyeness, meanness, selfishness curtains 
all these cartons have to burn through their sadhana meditation. When once all of these things are eradicated or eliminated from their heart, automatically the fountain of bliss comes and they experience the absolute love within themselves. They are always in the ananda only. Now there are many kinds of meditation, almost like saying, you know, there are so many different kinds of liquid and, you know, orange juice has one effect and ammonia has another effect and, you know, gasoline has another effect. So you must teach a particular kind of meditation. What do you recommend to somebody who would want to meditate? What should they do? What should they learn? Let them know whatever they like, you know, they have to, they have, let they have to wisdom. Because uh, one coat is not suitable to all the people, one medication is not suitable for all the diseases. Let people according to their maturity, maturity, you know, some children in the young age, they are very matured. Some people in the 80th age also, they are not matured. So they, it doesn't, uh, so I can, I am not discouraging people, but maturity in spirituality is very important. So the gentleness, inwardness, the, to enter into the inner kingdom, people need inner wisdom. Everything is inside only, not outside. They have to enter into the inside and experience the inner values, inner love, inner joy, inner peace. Uh, they have to work on the inner kingdom through meditations. So let them have to struggle whatever uh, they are travelling. Definitely, if it is more intense, God will open the doors for them. So as you travel around, and we'll be linking to your website so people can see what your tour schedule is, do you teach a form of meditation? So if a person doesn't know how to meditate and they want to learn how, would they be able to learn if they came to one of your visits, one of your events? We are giving every city we have meditation retreats, meditations we are teaching mainly meditations only. You give them a mantra or something? A uh, mantra also, it gives more focusing for them. Mm -hmm simple mantras um, focusing for them. Here's another question someone asked, uh, what is the best way to receive Amma's blessings of happiness, health and prosperity? <laughs> Openness, perhaps. Mother is love. No necessary to ask anything mother. Mother responsibility to share all her love to her children, mm -hmm. to be more prosperous and peace and health. They need all those things from mother only. I, that's my responsibility to do that. In your biography, especially during your early years, all sorts of what we would call miracles were attributed to you. I remember there was one story I was reading last night where 12 men were trying to move a heavy safe that your father needed to move to get some files that had fallen behind <laughs> it. And, no, and they couldn't move it. They tried for an hour or something. And then you walked in the room and moved this big heavy safe and you were just a little girl. So what is a miracle and what are the mechanics of it such that something like that could happen. Subtle body can do anything, no? Huh. So subtle body can affect the gross world? Yeah, subtle body can do anything. And is that how Jesus walked on water or healed the, the sick or subtle, ra raised the dead and all those things? Body, subtle mm. body, everything, all these things, no? It's not a miracle, subtle body things. So the word miracle just means, I mean, you know, a hundred years ago, if we saw a, a Boeing 747 flyover, we would say it was a miracle because we didn't understand the laws of nature that were enabling that to happen. So you would say, I guess, that, you know, being able to do something like what I just described 
is in accordance with certain laws of nature, but people just don't understand those laws because they're not commonly mastered by anyone. Is that correct? Of course. Yeah, so um, these so-called miracles are not unnatural, right? They're just natural occurrences for someone who has mastery of the subtle body. I think that's what you're saying. This is actually not my Jesus also never done any miracles. This is very natural for the divine. Good. Enough on that topic. <laughs> now, now you have all sorts of wonderful humanitarian projects that you're doing around the world and especially in southern India. There's something called the uh, SMVA Trust and I'll just list some of the things you're doing. You're empowering women and girls, educating poor children, eradicating hunger, providing access to clean drinking water, free medical care, disaster relief. And I think this is the natural expression of your, of your love. I have a question or two about, about it, but would you care to comment before I ask those questions? Yes. One thing that occurred to me as I read of all of your activities is that it's not enough to just teach spirituality to people because if they're hungry, if they don't have proper water, if they're sick, they can't even, if they don't have a roof over their head, they're not able to think much about spirituality. So are you kind of attempting to provide a a complete support system in which they, they have all these basic human necessities taken care of and then in addition to that you can provide them spiritual sustenance and upliftment. Yes, because when people are suffering with um, all of these physical problems like underprivileged circumstances, mm -hmm. it is a human right to drink a clean water, to have a small shelter, all these are the human rights. So, we just did small things. But your efforts are not small. I mean, it seems that tens of thousands of people are, are being benefited by what you're doing, and, and that's really wonderful. Now, there are obviously non-spiritual organizations that do good things for people. There's the Red Cross, there's Doctors Without Borders, and, and things like that. But I, I, I get the sense, and I appreciate your comment on seva or service to others as a spiritual practice. I mean, you know, Doctors Without Borders are doing that because they're people with good hearts. But the people who are your volunteers, your devotees, who are helping you accomplish all these projects, they must have in mind that this is a spiritual practice I'm doing. It's conducive to enlightenment. Can you comment on the difference between just trying to do good in the world and trying to do good from a spiritual perspective? A lot of my children are some some children don't like to meditate also, mm. but they're very, very good, very, very good. They come to us and love us so much and so we encourage them to do seva in the society. And there are, in Sanatana Dharma time, there are four entrance gates to enter into salvation. Karma Yoga, that's the selfless service, is the greatest yoga to merge with eternal. So, people attain salvation through Karma Yoga also. So, all yogas are same. Selfless service people, everybody cannot do. So, it is not possible for everybody. But some people are so self, like we mentioned about Red Cross, no? So, they did an incredible job and lot of organizations in the world, they did incredible jobs. So, we have to appreciate them. Sure. So, Seva is very important. Seva with love is important. Seva with egolessness is very important. Egolessness. Then 
it is really equal to meditations. I think Shankara may have said that, you know, you can't attain salvation through acts alone. Is, is there a progression kind of thing which takes place where you said some people don't like to meditate, so they do service. Does service sort of culture them to the point where they can then step to another phase of spiritual practice? Or do you feel that any one of these four paths that you mentioned can take a person all the way and it's not a matter of jumping from one path to a higher path? All paths are the same, reach the same destination. So some people's body is not suitable for meditations. Mm. So they love self-seva. Mm -hmm. Some people uh, like a devotional path. So they don't like a service and all those things. So some people are moral people like in uh, knowledge and they're giving, spreading knowledge and love, all those things. So all the four paths are same to attain truth. Good, that's good to know. Here's another question that came in. Lately I've been practicing the following for some periods during the day. Whatever comes up in me, no matter how unpleasant, with the intent and hope that it has a loving effect on the collective, be it on a subconscious level at first. That's not a very clearly worded question. Do you think that it's a helpful practice to raise the collective awareness of love by being our true nature? I hope you understand the question. I didn't even quite understand it, but maybe we can get something from it. Can you, can you rephrase that question, please? Rick? Yeah, I think that they're saying that whatever comes up in them, even if it's unpleasant, they hope to counteract it with an awareness of love so as to have a, a beneficial effect on the collective awareness and not be a contributor of negativity to the collective awareness. So that, that's a simpler way of putting it. How can we ensure that our influence in the world is positive, that we're, that we're having a positive impact at all times and not radiating any kind of negativity but into the environment? For any devotional path, you need patience, no? Mm -hmm. To attain God. In selfless seva, you need patience. Patience is the greatest weapon. You need a meditation path also patience to attain God realization. It never happened overnight, no? Yeah. Anything is going to happen overnight? Not. It took time. So that's why patience is the greatest weapon. When people have patience, then any kind of the negativity affecting in their way, they're able to tolerate that. Tolerance is the greatest uh, boon for human life. So all these attributes are blossom in all of these directions, wherever you go in a selfless seva, karma yoga, or in devotional path, or in meditational path, or in path of knowledge. In four paths also, everybody needs not impatience, patience. Automatically in the place of impatience, patience comes and tolerance comes. These attributes are naturally blossom inside. Uh, people never influenced by the negativity around them. So they are giving the fragrance of these attributes to other people only. I think this is very valuable and it's, it's valuable teaching for me as well. What is the best way of cultivating tolerance and patience and yeah. not being reactive if something pushes your buttons, so to speak. How can you avoid reacting inappropriately and just be tolerant and forgiving and patient? Maturity. 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 Yeah. Maturity gives you tolerance. If there is no maturity, immature minds are immediately, they get impatient and spoke very not good words and all the things they happen. If you got maturity, 
tolerance comes forbearance comes and you tolerate you tolerate anything also no yeah. when jesus was crucified what jesus told oh god forgive these people they don't know what they do but it is tolerance mm. forgiveness forbearance kindness compassion so automatically the divinity is working in you you are not working there divinity in spiritual path it doesn't matter the selfless path uh, knowledge path devotional path and meditation all paths are respectively same in your path any faith also when you are going closer and closer to god inside in the selfless seva you need patience no if you are shouting people how can you do seva <laughs> <laughs> and so all these paths culture maturity and then that maturity results in greater tolerance and patience that's what you said in a nutshell good now you have a, a maha maha yagyam planned for this summer to celebrate the completion of two billion recitations of the Sri Lalita Sahasranama, a feat that took over 50 years to accomplish. Could you elaborate a little bit on what all that means? What is the Sri Lalita Sahasranama and what will this Mahayagyam accomplish? What is it and how can people participate? This is a beautiful program. It's going to happen in Georgia in month of May 29th to June 7th. We finished uh, two billion times. Actually, my biological mother, she started this program and um, all of our disciples uh, took this program and uh, everybody chanted two billion times of Divine Mother names. And collectively, Divine Mother means Shakti. Shakti, no? So, suppose if you are so tired, what you say is, I have no energy. No? I have no Shiva, no Jesus, no Brahma, you never say that. I have no energy. Yeah. Energy is Shakti. Energy means Shakti, no? Mm -hmm. So this is Shakti program. Two billion times Shakti mantra people chanted to collectively. Sixty years it took for the entire, all the recitations of the two billion times, not one day program. So the culmination program I want to dedicate for the universal peace sake. So that's why we took this program all the way to Western countries. Uh, in India, Vedic scholars, they told, why don't you do this program in India? In India, every street we have yajnas, every city we have programs, spiritual programs are constantly happened in India. So many yajnas, every city, every town, every village, any temple, everywhere, all the programs, all the time happened there. But here, lot of challenges here. So, divorces cases and women are alone, loneliness for the women and single mothers, abused women and um, domestic violence for the women. Uh, so many challenges, girls and uh, all the people know. So, here, they need this program for the newborn babies in the mother wombs, these vibrations are going to give them courage, peace, eternity, happiness, joy, all these things are going to happen. So that's why we brought this program here. And this is a beautiful, beautiful peace program, especially for the entire universe. So welcome all of you for this beautiful program. And this is not for my sake, for all of your sake. 
And so a yagya then, I think you've explained, is the recitation or the chanting. I mean, there must be different kinds of yagyas, but in this case, it's the recitation of the Sri Lalita Sahasranam, which is the thousand names of Mother Divine. The people who will be chanting this, they will be Westerners as well as some of your swamis and, and Indian devotees. Is that correct? Yes. They need not, uh, if you people come for the program, mm -hmm. they need not do any recitations there. Already, the mantra recitation done two billion times. Nobody, all the Western babies uh, don't know how to do the mantra recitation. Lalita Sasanama is very high subject and they don't know how to do this. But some of my Western children already know Lalita Sasanama. A lot of children know it. My wife knows so, it. <laughs> if they know it, uh, yeah. If they know it, they can come and they can do the Lalita Sasanama there. If they don't know that, they need not worry about that. Mm -hmm. So just they come, and sit there. Sit and enjoy. Enjoy the energy there, because the two billion times of the mantra recitation's energy is working in the Homa time especially. So through the mantras, Homa mantras, so they have to enjoy, they need not do anything. But they can, if they wish they can do the yajna, they can do with their own hands. 2800 rivers of the holy rivers waters are going to come here. So all the kalasas are installed in thousand kalasas. Kalsa means a holy vessel contain all these 2,800 rivers, waters in that. All the pujas and everything, ritualistic things are going to happen that. After that, they took that uh, Kalsham and uh, pouring that waters on the every individual. These are on rivers the, from around the world, all different rivers or just from India? From India and also all, all over the world. Okay. So, these holy rivers, waters are going to pour on the people head for the mental peace and the eradication of the all kind of the stress and commotions unrest from their mind. And this will be in Atlanta? Yes. I'll link to the website from my website so that people can check into that and, and possibly come if they, if they want to. Is there more that you'd like to say about that, that, that performance? Uh, any, I, anything I haven't thought to ask about that that you'd like people to know? I want to say to all the people, this is the program especially I dedicated for my girls' children because they're suffering so much, women especially, the violence and all the problems, human trafficking and so many sad things here. I'm expecting mostly let women have to get the benefit by this divine program and also I am expecting the values to be in our world values, inner values, spiritual values, inner values have to be more sustained in the world. Through this program we are doing the Sankalpa to bring more peace and eternity, happiness, joy, good health to all. Health to all. Today world is suffering with a lot of mental depressions, health problems, cancer challenges and so many challenges there. So it is a compassionate program. Mm. I think Amma is introducing some concepts here that might be unfamiliar to some of the people listening, but I think what she's saying is just that a chanting program like this, a yagya, is another spiritual mechanism which can have a profound influence on the environment, can have a profound influence on the world, and such things have been understood in India for, for thousands of years. So if it's a little unfamiliar or alien to our Western way of thinking, I would just recommend people to keep an open mind and um, 
you know, look into it a little bit and uh, be open to the possibility that a, a, a spiritual technology like this could really be very powerful. There's a couple of verses that I'd like to <laughs> ask you in conclusion. Mechanism, all the words you are using. I'm sorry. Mechanism. Technology. <laughs> spiritual technology, spiritual mechanism. <laughs> do, do you like that or no? It's <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, it is sort of a, you know, a computer is a technology. It, it does, you, you do this, that, and the other thing, and you have a computer, and it has certain effects. So, you know, what, were you, what you're doing with this, I would assume, is that there are certain prescribed ways of going about it. And it's almost like a recipe. You do this, you do this, you do this, you do it in the right way, and it will have an effect. I'm kind of comfortable with that way of thinking. But it's kind of good to try it in Western terminology to help people understand how, how it could be. Sun, it doesn't matter east or west, south or north, total world is, maybe all the human thoughts are same, human race is same, white skin, brown skin, black skin, it doesn't matter, heart is same, women is same. I felt all these years, women, wherever I spoke with the women, Australia women, African women, US women, Canada women, Germany, India, women have love towards their children. They have compassion, they have kindness, they have spirituality, they have love. Everywhere, same son. Women is so kind, powerful, no? She's Shakti. So that's why we welcome all the women all over the world for this special program. They have to come, enjoy the program, especially two billion times impossible to do this mantras again. It's impossible, it will take one more 60 years to do this program. Some millions of people together, collectively, did this program all these years. So the vibrations are incredibly powerful. It is going to change the vibrations of the Mother Earth. Mother Earth need more healing. The Mother Nature need more healing. All the entire human, human race need more more healing. Mental, physical, spiritual, in all levels. So this Lalita Sahasrama Mahayagnya is going to support this world like anything. So this is the most powerful yagna never happened in Kali Yuga. Never happened in Kali Yuga. It happened in other ages, in Kurta Yuga, Rama time, before Rama time, Sanaka, Sanandana, Sanatkumara, Sanasujata, these Rushis did these homas in Naimisaranya place, in, on the river banks of Ganga, in Himalayas, in those places they did the homa, Lalita Sasnama home especially. And in the Kali Yuga, never uh, happened, even in India also, two billion times Lalita Sasnama Ignya. So why I, I was expecting that homa in the Western countries because in the Western countries, more pain I saw all these years, more sadness, loneliness, women are alone, they have so many challenges, and single mothers, and court problems, and a lot of pain in the... So, this is the time they have to relax, they have to stand on their legs, they need education, they need sustainability programs for themselves. They need self-confidence in themselves. They must not cry. They have to stand on their legs like a lioness. 
So this is the program for them to ins inspire and empowering, empowering all the women to be like a lions and lionesses and to do great things in the society, to fight with the problems, challenges. They must not remain with the tears and fear. They have to pierce all the mountains of the sadness, depression, commotions and they have to go to the other side. So that's why they need education and willpower, courage, all those things themselves. So education brings self-confidence in them. Definitely they will get good jobs. If they are financially okay, then all the problems are, 80% problems are going to solve for them. A lot of people say that a lot of the problems in our world are due to the fact that it's been a very male-dominated world, which includes domination over nature and, you know, just sort of an egoistic orientation. And that what we really do need is an awakening of the divine feminine in the world and that such an awakening is perhaps taking place. So I, I see what you're doing very, to be very much in line with, with that perspective. Empowering women, as you say, is going to do more than just benefit those individual women. It could create a shift in the world consciousness to a more divine feminine collective consciousness, which could undercut so many of the problems and, and difficulties we've been creating for ourselves. A woman can live without a man. A man <laughs> cannot live without a woman. Right. <laughs> There's a bumper sticker that says, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. <laughs> no, 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 not necessary. Not necessary. So many single women in our world, they are taking care of their children and they're struggling so much and they're doing so well and they're very powerful, no? Mm -hmm. And very powerful. So this is the time women have to wake up and stand on their legs and empower themselves and they must not uh, remain in depression and sadness and tears and they have to fight with the problems with courageous heart like a lioness and I'm expecting fearless world. You mentioned about the damnation of the men. Yes, true, no? Yeah. It's true. Yes, yes it's true. All the time you are dominating all of your men. Uh, so we have more power. Women have a lot of focusing, power, concentration, all of these things. Just only the physical energy in her body. So she have to connect it with the Divine Mother. Uh, then her energy is incredible. She have to connect it with the Divine Mother, Lalita Sahasnama. So that's why when she connected with the Divine Mother, Impossible things are going to be possible. That's great. As we begin to conclude this interview, I'd like to ask you a couple of, uh, your commentary on a couple of different scriptural quotes that I've been thinking about a lot about lately. Uh, see what you think, see what you have to say. One is a, a verse from the Gita, which I'm sure, I'm sure you'll be fam very familiar with both of these. There was never a time when I was not, nor you, nor these rulers of men nor will there ever be a time when all of us shall cease to be. The reason that interests me is that if we phrase it in terms of the absolute, okay, the, the absolute is eternal, unchanging, it's never going to change, but the way Lord Krishna phrased that, he was referring specifically to himself, to Arjuna, to these rulers of men, and it kind of gives the impression that even as individual souls, we have a, an eternal nature that just has a very, very long, vast destiny. Is that your understanding? Is that your experience? 
every individual is really brahman divine but uh, because of the black curtains in front of the heart they think i'm um, this body mind and limitations once they enter into the kingdom of the absolute oneness there is no divisions at all everything is oneness only in that consciousness level krishna spoke that beautiful slokas the consciousness level he spoke and arjuna was always in the body level human level mental level so that's why he was not able to understand uh, what krishna spokes uh, he have to rise towards the highest level to attain the truth he need more spiritual maturity so on behalf of the uh, entire world uh, krishna was giving this beautiful bhagavad gita this is the essence of the four vedas all the thousand upanishads uh, so people cannot go to the vedas they cannot understand that it was very profound knowledge and then again in the upanishads thousand upanishads are not able to understand by the common people they cannot understand those things because it is not the shlokas i am not speaking the maturity the words maturity if you read bible in the beginning you cannot understand if you get maturity and maturity maturity every day you got so much information from each word of jesus similarly bhagavad gita if people read 20 years before that maturity was not there at that time after 20 years the same shlokas they are going through that maturity comes and innumerable um, Um, understandings they got and innumerable informations and they connected it with the life and they experience wonderful things everything is spiritual maturity it comes by the inwardness more inwardness important are people predestined to become awakened in a certain lifetime or is it really a matter of choice a matter of how one applies oneself to the task of awakening awakening need maturity again like a fruit you no know, mango small baby mango can hardly eat well immediately no it take time to for the maturity in conclusion let me read one last verse this is from the chandogya upanishad it's a very beautiful verse and i appreciate your commentary on it there is a light that shines beyond all things on earth beyond us all beyond the heavens beyond the highest the very highest heavens This is the light that shines in our hearts. The little space within the heart is as great as the vast universe. The heavens and the earth are there, and the sun and the moon and the stars. Fire and lightning and the winds are there, and all that now is and all that is not. For the whole universe is in him, and he dwells within our heart. Beautiful. I like Chandogya Upanishad very much. Mm. You are the light of all the lights. your supreme self is the light of all the suns moons stars galaxies universe the supreme energy within our body is enveloping the entire universe and the cosmos so that light is only the supreme sun so that's the chandogya upanishad very beautifully mentioned all these wonderful shlokas extremely beautiful meditate experience that light be one with that light enjoy the bliss that is the destination of human life so the destination is in front of you truth is in front of you you have to attain the truth goal is only the absolute bliss in this life 
all the other things are secondary if people are matured they are focusing on that goal to attain realization or the supreme self in this lifetime beautiful well thank you ama i really appreciate your spending this time with us you're touring the us now and so i'll be linking to your website from a page that I'll put up on my website so that people can connect and look at your tour schedule and see if you're coming to their city or you know somewhere nearby and uh, I'll also link to the website about the Mahayagya that you were describing obviously there are contact forms and so on, on on your websites so that people can get in touch and get a response if they have questions and all so I really appreciate you spending the time I want to make a couple of concluding remarks in general and then I'll let you go. This has been an, uh, an interview with Amma Sri Karunamayi, and um, she, I've been honored to have her as my guest. I really appreciate Amma and what, what she's doing in the world. I conduct these interviews every week and uh, have done 280 of them so far and will be continuing to do them. So if, if you're new to this show, feel free to go to batgap.com, B-A-T-G-A-P, and explore the various menus there of past interviews, upcoming interviews, email sign up, audio podcast, donate button, all those things. It's pretty simple. You can look around and enjoy. So thanks for listening or watching. Thank you again very much, Amma, for your time. And uh, we will see everyone in, on the next show. Love you so much, son. I love you so much and all the viewers for this program. I want to just spread my love in this world. That's it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.